Welcome to the Goal Crazy Podcast. We explore what it takes to reach your crazy goals. I'm your host, Jason Vandeveer, and together we're going to learn to take life to the next level in Goal Crazy. Let's get started. Hello. All right. Welcome back to the next episode of the Goal Crazy Podcast. I'm excited because today I've got with us, he was recommended to me from, if you listened to the last episode with Connell O'Brien, he talked about one of his friends who really helped to push his thinking, helped him to set some goals and really become a better version of himself, Preston Dellinger. And he is the founder of Servio Capital. So I'm really excited to have him with us today. Preston, how are you today? I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you stayed? I know uh, you met Connell. That was a few years ago, right? When you were working at a a landscaping company. Yeah, it's been uh, over 10 years or so since then. And we were uh, working together at the time. So we've uh, been friends ever since. I like it. Yeah. Now, how long have you been working on your own? Yeah. So I stopped working for somebody else in 2017. Okay. 2017. All right. So like about five years going on five years now. Yeah, about five years. I like it. Did you always know you wanted to get into real estate or did that happen later on in your life? No. uh, In fact, I always wanted to get into landscaping. So um, yeah, I went to to college, actually minored in horticulture and uh, just always thought that I wanted to do landscaping and then got into uh, landscaping. But then I started learning about real estate and just kind of went down that rabbit hole and decided that I, I really liked the, you know, the concept of buying properties and renting them out and all the, you know, financial benefits that come with it. So yeah, that's. Okay. I like it. So you started out, you got your degree, you like knew how to do the landscaping and what, what got you curious about doing real estate on the side at that time? Yeah. I mean, so I was actually in college. My last year of college, we rented a house, me and uh, uh, my roommates rented a house and we rented just from like the the owner. It's, you know, the the owner of the house. And um, I kind of facilitated it, but I was sending her, you know, a couple grand checks at the time of month. I was like, man, in this house, I was doing the math. I was like, wait a second. She's making, you know, 800 bucks a month off of this. This yeah. makes sense, you know, and uh, I just n- never really thought of it before I started. Then I started reading books about it and just started getting immersed in it. And then I, as soon as I got out of college, you know, I had to get a job, of course, and, and went to work for a, a landscape company. That's where I met Colin. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was going well and uh, I was excelling at that. And I always wanted to start kind of a landscaping business. So, I, you know, I know we can get into the goal setting stuff course and i always wanted to start a landscape company didn't ever really know like how big it was going to be or anything like that i just know that i always knew that i wanted to work for myself because i i did go around the neighborhood growing up and just kind of knocking on people's doors trying to sell landscaping services pick up sticks or whatever you know by the grass but then started diving deep into the uh the real estate stuff and just learned that you know it's ultimately what i want to do and uh, so yeah, started. I bought a property. My first property was in 2011, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So yeah. started with single family properties. My first property was a condo, and uh, I lived in it for a little bit, and then found another house, bought that, rented the condo out, started getting a taste for how to 
rent properties to other people and all the intricacies that come with it. And, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you meet some characters along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, just start learning, growing the portfolio, buying more properties, learning how to work with banks, and um, just started diving deep into it. And yeah. And, and then and you guys now have over a thousand apartments, right? All over the country. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up on a couple thousand units right now, a couple hundred million dollars worth of, of, uh, of units. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. We, we started, uh, Servio Capital in 2019. So, uh, my, my partner and I, Ryan Inc., um, we started in 2019 and, we had never really done syndications or, or brought, you know, raised money for deals. And that's you kind of explain for people who might not be familiar with kind of the model of syndicating deals, kind of explain what that means. Yeah. So it's basically you identify a property and let's say you don't have, you know, enough capital yourself to take it down. If you say, all right, I want to go buy a 50 unit or hundred unit complex and it'd be five or $10 million. Well, you're going to need, you know, probably 30, 40%, especially in this environment with the rates you're going to need a significant down payment for that to go buy it. So if you buy something for 10 million, you're probably going to need three to $4 million, especially if you're going to be adding CapEx to the property and raising rents and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so we obviously didn't have three or 4 million liquid lying around at the time. And so we just said, all right, we need to, <laughs> we need to figure out how to go raise it. Yeah. And so we started, I, I started reading a lot of books about how to, uh, how to raise capital and uh, my partner did as well. And we were fortunate to have a, a, a strong mentor and we still do that. He started a, a large apartment business and raising capital in the same way. They've got several billion dollars worth of assets at this point. And um, so he kind of took us under our, under his wing in 2018, 19-ish, and kind of just taught us a lot about how to do it and just learned it and just put it into action, you know, yeah. wrote down the goals and <laughs> went after it. Yeah, I love it. I think also like probably most people that would say, okay, I need like $3 million to get this property. They would just say like, that's impossible, right? But it's like, you kind of have the mindset of like, you ask like the big question of like, well, how do I find $3 million, right? So I can go buy a $10 million property. And then you just started reading the books or making the connections to find out how you actually put those pieces together. So let's go back to, you were working at your landscaping job. When did you start to get curious about the self-help, kind of start going down the self-help rabbit hole? And what sparked that? Yeah, I mean, I had never really done it before, but as soon as I started learning or just kind of getting interested in the in the uh, real estate world, I just said, all right, how do you invest in real estate? Mm. Looking for books like that. And then obviously that just kind of led down that path of self-help, if you will. And then it was Think and Grow Rich. Then it was, you know, Robert Kiyosaki books. And then it was just higher level kind of institutional investing books. I mean, it was just reading everything possible and trying to understand it, asking questions, networking, trying to understand it from people that have done it before and mm-hmm. just immersing you know, myself into it. And yeah, that's... Yeah. Really- it pushes, once you start to read those books and you see results, it pushes your confidence of like, I can figure this stuff out, right? It's like, if I want to sell more, if I want to learn to raise money, if I want to learn to lower my expenses or increase my rents, like there's books on it. And there's plenty of people that have done it before. 
who I could just ask them how they did it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I always found it helpful just to like look at the human that wrote the book. And I'm like, look, it's a human, you know, mm. <laughs> and they yeah. did. It, right. I mean, it's no different than me. Like that person, if they can do, if they can do it, I can do it kind of mentality. And so, yeah, I found that a lot very helpful. Hmm. Was it hard? Was there like a battle inside of you when he was kind of going the transition from like, I'm going to go on the landscaping route to the real estate route? Or was that a pretty easy transition once you got your first deal? Did you just fall in love with it? Yeah. I mean, it, once once I had the first deal, I mean, it was a little bit different because, you know, ramping up, like there wasn't obviously enough coming in money wise to for it to be significant. But I knew that like the more this happened, the mm-hmm. better off it was going to be and and then kind of put the, the landscaping thing in the background. But, you know, I, I did actually ultimately start a, a kind of a landscaping company just because I always wanted to do it. And I just said, all right, I'm going to just try it out for a little bit. So I did start one. I sold that company, you know, a few years ago. Um, so I did, <laughs> I did achieve that goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's it, it's a very uh, different business, you know, than, than real estate. You're you're dealing with labor versus dealing with assets. So you're selling labor or you're selling assets, right? Mm-hmm. When you give somebody a house to live in as in the, as a rental, you're you're selling the asset to them essentially. When mm-hmm. you're providing landscaping or any other service base, you're selling labor to them essentially. So it's a little bit different of a concept and you deal with a lot, a lot different, you know, whereas like if the houses and so forth, you got broken water pipes and, and those kind of things that you're dealing with on an asset level. And then you're dealing with people not showing up to work or calling in sick or whatever on the other side. So, but both are fine, you know, I mean, both are fine avenues to go down in life and, and obviously they're both needed in, mm-hmm. in our lives everywhere. So I wouldn't say that one's necessarily worse than the other. It's just that the real estate really caught my passion and attention. So, yeah, I like it. So then uh, I know Connell talked a lot about you took him to this goal setting workshop. Now, was that your first time doing something like that? Or had you been doing stuff like that in the past and you just really pushed him to come? Yeah, yeah. I think I went the year before. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember exactly whether whether Connell went the first year or not. But yeah, either way, I mean, it's kind of the first time being exposed to this kind of thinking. And I mean, it was tremendous. I mean, I came out of it as like just whole nother, so much clarity in an outlook on life. And it just helped me immensely. Yeah. What were some of the big shifts? What do you think like you left there not seeing and then afterwards you saw or yeah, you didn't realize until you went there? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, like you said, initially, like looking at three million dollars and and how a lot of people would look at that and say, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to get that kind of money. It just for me, it flipped that thinking to where it's like, all right, if you write it down and really put your mind to it and really just go after it, I mean, you could you could do whatever you want, really. I mean, obviously yeah. within reason. But yeah, I mean, it's it takes you from a point of self-limiting beliefs on several different areas of life to a whole nother, like being able to believe in just so many other things that you just what I didn't think that were possible before. Yeah. 
How much do you think? I think that's really good. Yeah, it pushes you to realize you can do more, right? You you can do these things. And I like how you brought up earlier. It's like the people who have already done them, they're just humans, right? They're just same as you and me. How much of do you think the success you've had within your business was due to just like your mindset versus the technical knowledge? I mean, I'm not like incredibly smart, you know? I mean, there's yeah. so many people smart yeah. than me. And I mean, you know, at this point, we're trying to hire them, you know, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, mindset has been definitely the dominant, I would say, reason for success in my life, I would, I would say, because without it, you wouldn't be able to get up and get through the failures of the day, whether they're small or large or whatever. Without it, you wouldn't be able to push yourself to to get outside your comfort zone and, and do things that you wouldn't do otherwise and that are hard. Without it, you wouldn't be able to push yourself to learn things that are very hard in concept and you know tough to learn and spending extra hours of the day and instead of doing pleasurable things, you might it might not be fun, but mm-hmm. you, know, you got to push yourself to do it. So yeah. I yeah. Mean, mindset is it really, lots of stuff is pretty uh like i enjoy reading self-help books like my <laughs> wife makes fun of me for that it's like i would i just don't really like reading in general so like i would never go get a novel book and just read it but like i'm really excited to read when i like order a new book and it shows up in the mail and i'm i'm, I'm super excited to dive into it but uh yeah, yeah. no so, I, I i love that no it's yeah it might not be as enjoyable as like netflix but <laughs> i do still enjoy it yeah yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, there's, you know, practical, there's just so much practicality behind it. So like, if you, if you're reading stuff like that, you, you can take it and act on it, you know? Yeah. And I think with the mindset, especially with duplex. So I think last time I was talking to you, I was getting close to closing on my first bigger deal for me. It was it's 24 units. So I closed on it. And it's like, Congrats. really in the past, I'd gotten some duplexes and a four unit building. And it's like to make the jump to the next level, it just seemed giant. But then it's like, once you kind of write it down and start working towards it, you realize like, it's all the same stuff. There's just a couple more zeros behind it, right? And it's like, once you kind of push through those just limiting beliefs of like, well, I, I can't look at something that size. It's, uh, it's like, it's just the same stuff. There's just bigger numbers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, that's exactly right. And in fact, uh, you know, the thing we always say, other than the, the capital side, the rate, you know, rate having to either come up with more money or raise more money, the bigger deals are essentially the same amount of work otherwise as the smaller deals. And in some cases, it's actually even less work because you're able to hire, you got a budget to hire more people, you know, for the bigger stuff. So that's what I'm hoping right now. I'll see how it works in like six months to a year. I'll tell you if it works, but it's like, hopefully my portfolio of real estate will be more passive than it has been in the past because I have the budget to hire more things out. But We'll see. The plan looks great on paper. <laughs> now it's just the execution. You know, the good news is I always tell people that learning and, and kind of starting from that level and just kind of understanding all the nuances of what it takes to run a property and do all those things just helps you to be a better investor in the future. Whether you're hiring that stuff out or, or whatever, you really kind of get a hands-on approach and, you, you know, your, your, your BS meter kind of <laughs> gets a little bit more... Uh, strong, I guess I should say. But yeah. Yeah, that's good. 
All right. So you were at the uh, landscaping business. You started setting those goals, really push your thinking, work towards growing your real estate portfolio. When you made, maybe it was your second investment into real estate, you know, because the first one you were living in, right? You bought a condo, lived in there, and then you got your next one. And that's when you turned the second one into a rental. Mm-hmm. Was there a lot of fear going through you at that point to say like, I'm going to, I'm going to actually do this? Uh, yes. I mean, I, there was fear. I mean, sure. But you know, again, it's just like, it was kind of to the point where writing it down and just having it as a goal, it's like, I have to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, it wasn't like a, should I do it? It's like, I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, I already decided I'm going to do it. Now I'm just following the roadmap I made for myself. Exactly. So I, I would say that there was a lot more excitement than, than there was fear, fear. you know? Okay. But, um, but yeah. sure. I mean, fears there any anytime you're you're doing something new or you know, I mean, there's a lot of what ifs on, on any deal. And you know, there's there's definitely a level of fear I, I get from time to time now, you know, on, on various mm-hmm. scenarios and situations. But you know, the only thing I'd say to that is just make sure that you're checking your downside well and you you've got backup strategies and plans and make yourself feel as comfortable as you can about whatever that situation is. Mm-hmm. It goes yeah. right. It's really like the fear is really, it's always going to be there, right? It's just going to be an accompanied member of growth. Like, (laughs) yeah, if you're, if you don't have fears about what you're doing, you're probably not pushing yourself at all. Exactly. Exactly. uh, You can have, you can maintain the status quo and, and probably not have much fear at all, but you're not going to push. And um, (laughs) if you write it down as a goal, then (laughs) you have to do it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hold yourself accountable to it. So you got your first couple deals, then uh, how quickly did it start snowballing from there? Or how big did you start growing your portfolio before you even started looking for a partner or, you know, had that opportunity? Yeah, so I had um, several single families. Um, I did some flips, you know, and just kind of built up enough passive income on that side and, and active income flipping to, you know, kind of take the next step. And then that's kind of so Connell actually as actually the mutual relationship between Ryan and my partner and myself. So I was doing the single family stuff and still working for the company that Connell and I were working for. And and Connell's uh, roommate in college was was Ryan, my partner. So he said, and Ryan lives in New Orleans. So he said, hey, my roommate in college. He's down in New Orleans. He's doing a ton of uh, real estate deals. You're doing a bunch of stuff too. You guys should get together. So I I called Ryan. I was like, hey, I'm I can be down in that area if you want to meet up and maybe chat or whatever. So I flew down and um, and met Ryan. And yeah, I mean we hit it off immediately. And we started doing deals together. So we did you know some some single family stuff and some commercial stuff just as like without investors, you know, with our own capital. And we just learned that it was a great working relationship. And, you know, anytime you get into a partnership with other people, it's obviously good to have those complementary skills and traits and talents. And we complement each other very well. And so it, it just works out for us. And yeah, and so we just, we started doing them. And then that's kind of when I was like, and we both agreed it was time to 
go to the next level, start raising capital, figuring out how to do that side of things. And that, that, like I said, that we started that company, Servio Capital, in 2019. And it's been, uh, I'd say it's been pretty good growth. I mean, we've, um, you know, in the last, I guess, couple thousand doors and since 2019. So we're, we're rocking and rolling. We've got, you know, a lot of, a lot of goals for the future and yeah, sky's the limit. So yeah. I like it. So you went down there, you weren't really expecting to partner with this guy going down there. It was just, he had rentals, you had rentals. Let's just talk. Yeah. Real estate. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing a lot of auction stuff too. So I wanted to go learn his process for that. Like he's going to a ton of auctions. And so I went down there for that, you know, just to kind of talk and learn and, you know, maybe I can give him some some advice. He gave me some advice to bounce some ideas and had no idea we were going to be partnering. So, yeah. Hmm. So you guys partner together. Yeah. And I think like, you know, lots of partners, they can work great or they can just, uh, the partnership can be a complete mess. <laughs> uh, what do you feel like it was that really just said, like, I think this is worth pursuing and wrapping, you know, teaming together on these projects? You know, I think it's probably just the mutual understanding that like, if things need to get done, it was like roll up the sleeves and get it done kind of thing. And on whatever level, like if there was an issue or problem that needed to be solved, it was going after that problem. And it was, uh, you know, I guess the complementary skills and, and are really the biggest things, but sharing the same values and the same kind of goal mindset too. I mean, he, he always had big, kind of aspirations and goals and that he's been writing down over the last, you know, few years as well. So, you know, it was aligning, uh, it was an alignment, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. You guys were both aiming at similar type targets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was at a similar level. Yeah. That's good. Were you nervous going into a partnership? Uh, yeah, again, I, I think it was or maybe not. Yeah. No, I think it was, yeah. I think it was more of like a relief. You know, in a way, because it's like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have other people around you in life to be successful. You gotta have other successful people in life around you to be successful. You know, the more mm-hmm. successful people you hang out with, better off you're gonna be. It's the, you know, there's some saying out there that you are the whatever the five, mm-hmm. <laughs> the average of five people you hang around with. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I firmly believe that, you know, and um, so true. So. Mm-hmm. How important do you think just relationships have been in the growth of your business? I mean, is most of these things just come through your interpersonal relationships with other people? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're they're significant. I mean, they're massive, you know, whether it's, you know, an employee that you have or a business partner or mentors or vendors. Like if you've got like I've got good relationships with with lenders, you know, that that are needed. We've got, you know, great relationships with equity and you know capital guys that invest in our projects and it's just maintaining those brokers so bringing deals to bring good deals to you yeah good deals i mean it's a hundred percent relationship based if you're not making good relationships with people it's hard to grow it's hard to see progress without that so yeah there's i mean there's kind of softer skills of just I don't know, connecting with other people, they're really important. And even like sharing the goals that you're aiming at. You know, if Connell didn't know you were working on growing your portfolio, it's like, he might not have thought to pair you with uh, your partner. Yeah. 
So it's just sharing those goals with the right people. They can help you out in a lot of ways. Tap into their network. Putting it out into the ethos. (laughs) Yeah. So where were you when you decided to leave your job? Was that before you started the partnership or was that after? Yeah, it was before. So like I said, I was I was still doing the single family stuff and just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna venture out and, and just kinda go full time real estate. And it's what I did. I mean, I had the ability to do it and it was great. I mean, I, I remember, I mean, it was a little sad because the company that I worked for, I was with them for, you know, a long time and, and Connell was, was still there. Um, but Connell didn't last too much longer. And then, you know, he started his, his, uh, his company, his successful company. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was a little bit sad because we had formed such a, a tight bond with, you know, all the all my colleagues over there, but, um, you know, it needed to happen and it was great. It was exciting. I was nervous mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, I'm, I'm giving up this great paying job to, and it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty good job. I was, I was doing sales for this company and traveling around the nation, you know, had a nice expense account and everything. So it was, it was pretty nice. And mm-hmm. I was like, so I'm going to give all this up and just go off on my own. So it was, it was, eye-opening <laughs> to say the least yeah but it was needed and it was good and i'm you know obviously if anybody's on the fence of of doing it i would say do it as, as soon as you can you know as soon as you feel like you're you're able to do it because would not be anywhere close to where i am now without it, have done that yeah of doing it. yeah be able to have full control of your time and uh just bet on yourself like that it's a yep. big set yeah. How rewarding was it when you were finally able to do that? Like, was that a, I don't know, that build a lot of confidence that you hit? That's a pretty big goal that lots of people never hit, right? Lots of people might have a second income, but to be able to also have that second income where they can replace their full-time job, it's a big accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it was very rewarding and it, you know, starting out, it was, it was a little tough, you know, just trying to get kind of figuring out finances and money with real estate there's always a lot going on you've always got you know money flying around kind of everywhere especially if you're transactional and doing deals so you know there's there's but that's that's just the nature of the business but yeah i mean it's it was great i mean and i'm so glad i did it so um to to your (laughs) listeners i'd say for sure if you're (laughs) thinking about do it start trying to Try, trying to understand how to get that done sooner than later because you'll sit on it for a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And probably having those clear goals, once you leave your job, it's like somebody else when you're at a job sets goals for you, right? They give you expectations of you need to hit this, you need to show up at this time, you need to do this. But once you leave and you're on your own, it's like if you don't have those goals to direct how you spend your time, it's like you might work way too much, way too little. You might, I don't know, you're, you're, personal life, your business life just come so incredibly blended if you don't have clarity on what are the specific things I'm working on and need to be doing every day. So yes. Yeah. Important to have that skill set when you're ready to leave. Absolutely. What do you think uh, with your goals now? I know you have your, I think it was called like your best year yet, kind of the, the program you put together that you take yourself through. You were taking the company through back when you were with the landscapers, or maybe it's even something you do with your employees now. How often do you review your goals? Yeah, I mean, I, I review them very regularly, weekly, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I've always got them in, in the back of my mind. And, you know, I've been I've been using your uh, the planner, too. So, oh, hey, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's excellent. 
so yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely reviewing weekly, but always thinking about it, you know, always, always kind of having it in the back of your mind for me is, is helpful. But then I do like, you know, a comprehensive quarterly or that's kind of what I've done over the last 10 years is a comprehensive quarterly review and just kind of setting those benchmarks for that annual goal or whatever it is and um, and writing it down. But, you know, with your journal, it's obviously, you know, more of a daily thing and it, it's it's a more recent mind, you know, keeping it in your mind more uh, regularly, which is obviously better. It's you know, that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. To keep them in front of you, it's more likely you're going to hit them. Right. So, uh, yeah. What do you feel are some of the big things you learned about yourself through your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. I mean, that's, (laughs) I know that's a big question. Yeah. And it probably never stops. Right. It's like, uh, I know for me, it's like that, especially with my, my business, it's like, I'm constantly learning more about myself. We brought up limiting beliefs earlier. It's like, you need to just keep pushing through those and, journeying deeper into you to make your business grow. Yeah, I mean, I would say obviously the the number one is is just if you work hard enough and you push hard enough, for me it's like if I work hard enough and I push hard enough I can achieve it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is and um it's just broadened my ability to think in that level and um like I started playing golf more regularly, you know, trying to trying to get better at it. And, uh, you know, I've seen a pretty significant improvement just in the last year. And, you know, it just goes back to like, I was like, man, break, you know, breaking a hundred was, was hard. And I was like, there's no way I can get in the eighties. So now I'm, you know, breaking 90 and it's like, you know, after a year. So, I mean, it's not, it's, I guess it's for me, it's just having that, that mindset, I guess would be something that I learned about myself is, uh, you know, is more things are possible. Yeah, more things are possible and most things are learnable, right? Like, yeah, somebody else learned to do it, like you brought up earlier. I'm I'm a human just like them. I can learn to do it too. Absolutely. What do you think are some tips you would give for people about setting goals? Uh, Just stay with it. You know, it's easy to to kind of fall off. It's easy to write stuff down and, and not kind of check back in on the progress and keeping it in front of you. Um, that's an important thing. Another thing is just don't set your goals too easy. You know, you want to push yourself and really try to get outside of your comfort zone would be probably my two biggest pieces of advice. Yeah. I see it like, you know, with, with people when they set goals, you know, a lot of times the goals will be pretty easy and they'll finish it. And it's like, Hey, I met my goal. You know, like I, we try to, you know, with our, with our leasing and our, collections on our business like it's always you know what's your leasing goal for this month and then you know they come back and they say well i'm gonna lease 15 this month and then they come back and they lease 20 it's like uh you know i don't don't think so come on you gotta you know you gotta (laughs) pump that up a little bit but you know i mean but that goes for i feel like a lot of people that set goals and that you know they can be stretched further i feel like so yeah I agree with all that. I feel like for me, it's always like when I'm setting a goal, I want it to be a goal that like I can't achieve it right now. Like the only way I'm going to achieve it is if I I go grow. Like it's going to force me to learn new skills or to better skills that I have. Because if I could hit it on the current trajectory I'm on, it's like, it's not really pushing me. It's just continuing that yeah. what I'm already doing. Exactly. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't have to actually go do some really fundamental changes, then it's not. It's just continuing, like you said. Yeah, it's just continuing. And if it's not big enough, then it's not worth making big changes for, right? If it's going to require that I get up 30 minutes earlier so I can read a real estate book before my day starts, it's like, that might not be enticing enough if I'm not setting a goal that's really going to help me get to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about for improving your mindset? Are there other things other than writing your goals, reviewing them? Are there other tips you'd give for people to improve their mindset? Yeah, I I like to pray. Um, you know, and just, um, or meditate. I mean, any of that stuff is good and and just having positive thoughts. So like, you know, just being appreciative about what you have, you know, especially like if you're going into entrepreneurship or even if you're, you know, working for somebody else in a high, high stakes position or whatever, and there's just like a lot lot of stress going on. If you're, you know, maybe you're ER surgeon or whatever, (laughs) I'm a firm believer in um, in just having appreciation for where you are, what you're doing, and just being alive and you know having health or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps immensely. And and it also just clarifies your head when, the, especially during the days where there's so many things going wrong and just nothing can go right, and and you're just getting more and more down a path of negativity. It's like just pause and 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 just think about all the good things in life, you know, because there's a lot. I mean, there's there's really in life. I I think there's a hundred percent more. Like there's way more positives than there are negatives if you just look for them and think about them, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. being here in life to me is amazing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's good. And it's like when you're grateful for all the things in life, you, it's probably easier to see opportunities, right? If you're focused on like being a victim to the world then you don't really see the opportunities the world has, and then you don't really love life because it's, yeah, it's just something that you're a victim to versus when you're grateful. And it's like a lot of times, you know, when I'm feeling stressed with different problems, it's like if I can start to be grateful that like, I'm glad I have these problems. Like if I've got tenants that need me, it's like, at the end of the day, like, I'm glad that I have tenants. <laughs> One, I'm glad that I don't have open apartments, but also like, I'm glad I have the business that I have, right? If I didn't have these problems, I'd probably have other problems that uh, I might like a lot less. <laughs> like I, I went out and chose these problems. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I knew my rentals would have problems. <laughs> it's just the nature of the business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, I, I, was, I was telling Ryan uh, the other day, I said, um, yeah, we had an issue. I'm like, well, we created it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) This didn't just come up because, you know, we didn't like push to to get to do this and be in this situation. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. And it's good to reflect on that. It's like, we got to, we got to take ownership of it, right? We have to, it's like, we complain about it or it's like, when am I going to take accountability of this problems that these problems that I have? Absolutely. What do you think uh, tips for people who might be thinking about getting their first real estate deal? Where do they start or yeah. What advice would you give them? Yeah. So first real estate deal. I mean, if nobody owns a, a ha- like whoever doesn't own a house should just go buy a house. Right. But just mm-hmm. stop renting. I mean, I say that I'm, like, I'm providing you rental <laughs> for, you know, people, but yeah. I say that to people like to, to try to help them. Like, cause I mean, there's way more, I mean, there's just an incredible amount of renters in, in the U.S., but 
but that'd be the first step, right? If you don't own a house, go buy a house and live mm-hmm. in the house and then just start trying to figure out, you know, how to start investing, I would say. So read some books, listen to some podcasts about real estate investing and um, and start surrounding yourself. There's, of course, there's like the, you know, the meetups and the local investing clubs and stuff. Those are good. I started doing those actually. And, you know, when I first started and it helped a lot because it was just getting around people that kind of thought the same way. And they're like, you know, how do I increase my passive income or how do I increase my, my net worth or whatever it is. So doing those things. And then the biggest thing is, is obviously taking the plunge. You will need time if you're going to buy a house and rent it out. You know, it's not like a significant amount of time, but you are going to have to deal with issues, of course, um, if you wanted to go that route. Right now, the market, of course, is is a little bit tough to go buy like a single family home and and get debt and then make it cash flow. But I will say that always be looking for an opportunity. And even if the cash flow is, if you're looking at it, you're saying, all right, my payment, my my note and all my expenses and everything are, are two thousand a month, but I can rent it for two thousand a month. So you're bringing in nothing. You know, I would encourage everybody to look at that and say, "All right, is this really why I'm doing this, or is it to understand like how to start doing this?" And then with the mindset, with the understanding that real estate always appreciates. You know, I mean, if you look back a hundred years, I mean, it's never not like. I mean, obviously we've had dips in the two thousand eight. 2007, whatever, financial crisis, but we're not in that situation right now. And I mean, there's obviously we're seeing a little bit of dips in values or or, or con- more concessions on the seller's ends for, for properties, but it's slowly kind of switching a little bit more to a buyer's market. So obviously it's a good time to really start looking and, and trying to find opportunities, but we're not going to see this tremendous drop, you know, in value. I mean, I, you know, that's, I, I don't feel that at all. And so like, if you're looking at a deal and you're saying, all right, the only thing I can find in my area is this deal that really just doesn't produce like any cash flow, or maybe it's one or 2% or whatever, just a small amount. You know, and that's the only thing you can find. I would just encourage people to do it just to start it because you're going to have the appreciation from it. You're going to have depreciation benefits because you get the, you know, you get to write off your taxes and, you know, obviously talk to your CPA because everybody's situation is different. But you have those benefits. You've got, you know, just whatever it is, you've got the ability to go raise rents, you know. So, like, if you're buying something it's and you're renting it for two grand, in five years, that thing's going to be probably running for 2,500, you know, I mean, most likely. So I would just say, just get in the game, you know, would be my piece of advice. And and don't have analysis paralysis because we see that. I mean, I've seen that so much. Like people will just look at stuff and overanalyze it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you're doing deals right now. You know, like, you know how, how it is. Like if you sit there and overanalyze it, you're going to have so many what ifs you won't dive in. Yeah, you got to start. I feel like you got to start touring properties, even if they're like overpriced on the listing. It's like, I'm going to tour it and there's a chance I'll negotiate with me. Right. Or like if I think it's overpriced, maybe it's not. Maybe there's a reason why it's that price that high and it's actually a great deal. It's like you got to start touring them. I'll put on offers that get rejected and it's like, that's fine. <laughs> right. I didn't own the property before and I still don't own it. Right. But uh, I learned a bunch from crunching the numbers to where I, I could put in a deal. And I think you bring up a good point where the property, like if it breaks even, it's 
It's like when you're still building the equity, right? If somebody else, if you can set up the moving pieces, it's not completely passive, but it's like somebody's essentially buying you that home, right? And you're you're building equity if you want to sell it, if it appreciates. I had a, one of my friends, he's got three duplexes and this fourth one popped up that he, he really wanted and he didn't have the cash. And we were talking about it. And then he called me like a week later and was like, you know, I thought just for fun, I'll try and refinance money out of one of his other duplexes. And they were willing to give him a $100,000 line of credit against it. And it's like, dude, yeah, you've like, I mean, he made some improvements. He bought it at a good time. The market's up now. And it's a uh, it's hundred grand that you just, right? Even if the property was breaking even, it's like, it's still appreciated a hundred grand. It's incredible. One of the, what's one apartment deal, this one didn't come together. And maybe this is like, of course, the seller would tell you this, but he was like older guy, had a bunch of rentals. And he was like, you know, Jason, every deal I've ever bought in, I thought it was like a crazy price at the time. It seemed way more money than it was worth. But then like three years later, I was like, that was a great decision. Five years later, I was like, that was the best decision I've ever made. Now I got started in this, you know, four or five years ago. So like the market's done some crazy things that I know weren't realistic, but I'm really glad I started buying real estate five years ago because now it's like, yeah, these were great. These were great deals. I could sell my properties for significantly more than I bought them for. So yeah. I agree. And it just gets you in the game. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. But um, you may agree with, you said like getting connected with people at meetups. I know for me, like that's, I've got a group of like other guys I know who have real estate and uh, I recommend if you have real estate to do this. I just texted them and we get together once a month and it's been so helpful. Like, uh, I don't even think I would have bought this 24 unit building if I didn't have that group to have like other guys to look over the numbers with me, like with different decisions you make to have advice from other people who have done similar deals. It's, it's incredible. It's yeah. very helpful. No, that's, that's exactly it. That is yeah. 100%. Um, mm -hmm. and then also, I mean, if, if somebody is, I mean, there's other ways to invest in real estate, obviously. So REITs, you know, you can go on and buy REITs, but that's really not going to get you any exposure to understanding how to do it, obviously, because it's just a traded equity on the on the market. You can do like we raise money. Um, we we're, we only take accredited investors, which is like, you know, a million dollar net worth and 300,000 a year or 300,000 a year in, in income. But that's another way. And, and even if you're not accredited, there's other groups that take investors that are non-accredited. So, you know, that's another way to invest passively. And of course, you know, you, you get the reports and you understand more and more about the that side of the business. So that's that's another way. And then there's, you know, there's other obviously kind of chopped down. You could do like the crowdfunding or whatever and just do write smaller checks to some of these other groups that, that'll do that. But there's other ways to invest in real estate and get the benefits from it. But you know, like you said, I mean you're not going to fully understand it unless you really kind of dip your toes in it and, and become a, a real landlord, <laughs> you know? So I mean, yeah. most of, most of our investors have, you know, have property that they own and understand it. Like, you know, these, um, a lot of our investors own other assets themselves and built the business. And then, you know, they invest with groups like ours, but because they can understand, they can look at a deal that we bring them and say, you know, that makes sense. That's a good deal. You know, so it's well located. It's bringing in this per month. It's these are the expenses. These are the downsides. These are the upsides. And then they can look at it and make an intelligent decision, investing decision. So, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I'm I'm sold on the real estate as an investment <laughs> opportunity. What do you feel like? And uh, this might be my last question for you here, but uh, 
why do you feel like real estate is just such a, a good investment opportunity, right? There's a ton of, you know, you've got stocks and cryptocurrency and all these different opportunities to invest money. Why do you feel like stocks is a safe or just a good place to put your money? Well, it's real. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. So you're buying the dirt. I mean, there's only a limited supply of that. <laughs> yep. I mean, that alone is like, man, I mean, you know, crypto, they just keep making it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new currencies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about crypto. <laughs> I'm not the person to talk to with crypto. I I haven't really like researched. I don't know. I just haven't gotten into it. I yeah. I, I lost the money during the the last year on that stuff. But, um, okay. but, uh, yeah. but yeah, but no, it, it's so it's a different thing altogether. Real estate is obviously here. It's not going anywhere. And the biggest thing, one of the biggest benefits that you have is leverage. You know, you can't leverage the stock market. I mean, you could, you could buy options or whatever and do that that sort of thing. And that's kind of a form of leverage, but you know, it's, it's a very kind of, what do you, how do you want to say it? Like, uh, there's a lot going on. It's quick. There's a lot of things happening. Whereas real estate's kind of more like this, you know, it's more stable. Stock market can be unstable, especially during these times. So if you're doing the, the options and leveraging that way, it's going to be very volatile. Real estate is with the leverage, you know, you're buying something with, if you're putting down 20% on a property, you're basically taking somebody else's money, the bank, for 80% of it and getting all the benefits of the appreciation where the bank's not getting any of that benefit. And then you have, you know, you have, I mean, they're staying the same, you know, they, they, they lend you 200 grand, their loan is stays the same or goes down because the tenants paying down your, you know, your note for it. So, I mean, that is why there's so many wealthy real estate people in the world. And that's the number one store of wealth because you can leverage it, you know? If you had to go buy real estate without banks, you're not going to make nearly the returns. And you don't have to pay taxes on money you borrow, right? It's like somebody, I don't remember where I read it. It was like uh, most of the richest people, like they borrowed money because if I earned the, you know, if you earned the $2 million to go buy that deal, you'd have paid tax on that. The government would have taken like half of it. But if you borrow the money, they don't pay any of it. And then the building pays itself back and you get tax benefits of the money that comes in. And it's, exactly. yeah. Yeah, you do the cash out refinance or get a second line or whatever. You get that money tax free until you sell it. <laughs> yeah. Then you just 1031 it and uh, the next deal and keep it rolling. I like it. What's, uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you or learn more about the things that you're doing? Yeah, so our website, serviocapital.com. And um, anybody's welcome to, you know, go on there and, and reach out and um, just kind of see what's going on and uh, everything that we got going on. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on here with me today, Preston. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, I hope you got a lot out of it. And if you know of anybody else who's in real estate that you think can benefit from it, share it with them. I'm sure they can benefit from it as well. So thanks for coming on with me today. Thanks, Jason.